We will go in together, infiltrate, take the box, and escape. And hopefully it will work. Are we going to be part of the gladiatorial combat? Probably not. That's very reassuring. Finally, uh, finally did come across the drow, and uh, and how did that go? Yeah, first it went bad, and then it went worse. And the she... dress is from Demogorgon, and I have a lovely Glabrazoo jewelry on some to go with that. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. Chapter 169, Hatching a Plan. Okay. So, in the last episode, well, what did happen in the last episode? A lot has uh, transpired in the last couple of uh, episodes here when you've been uh, delving deep down into the Underdark. You finally uh, finally did come across the drow, and, uh, and how did that go? Yeah, first it went bad, and then it went worse. That's that's a good summation. Um, uh, how how is everybody enjoying their time with Adri's family? Well, you know, not especially, but I think uh, as far as prisoners go, we're probably a little better treated than than most. Yeah, well, like yeah, Adri was thinking, you guys are just going to get bread and water and be down in the dungeons, but instead, you're actually there at dinner time and all that. They're still jerks, though. Yeah, um, yeah. There's definitely some uh, homicidal tendencies here. Well, certainly, you know, behind all their niceties, we're just waiting for that shoe to drop, right? And yeah. We got other, and I'm sure we got other drama brewing in the background, too, because we have her family we're dealing with, now her missing brother we're dealing with. Now we're also being blackmailed into trying to get this magical item that we don't want them to have because we need it, and God knows what else. And helping, uh, potentially helping a rebellion of Goodrow. So, you know, hey, must be Tuesday. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to wrap that all up, you uh, had finally found the drow um, in the previous episode. And uh, the, uh, in this most recent episode, uh, took you down and, and, uh, and actually, what, um, Jesse, who was the particular drow that you ended up finding? My fiance. Yes, Varus. So you, you end up uh, running into Varus, and uh, he apparently knew that you guys were coming. Um, there's been a lot of talk about spies, and we've not really determined who those spies are, but apparently they they saw you coming. And uh, since there are really only so many half-drow in the whole world, um, that uh, kind of alerted Varus to your presence. And uh, yeah. We got to meet Varus. And, and actually, what did you guys think of Varus? Is, is he just a, a catch for, for Adri or what? He's nuts. I kind of threw up in my mouth. He's a little shady. He's a horrible, horrible person. Well, he's a little shady. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
although actually um, you haven't seen him do anything too terribly horrible. Um, although he uh, does seem to uh, be uh, forcing Adri to marry him, but uh, it was actually Adri's father that killed the servant with the uh, spider. So uh, yeah, less less evil, more self-serving, which is a shade of evil, but not yes. quite homicidal evil. Well, and you know, at least Dad was upfront about the evil. You know where you stand with Varus. You're kind of like, mm, just be honest. Yeah, but it's still both evil. Yeah. So I mean. Can't uh, can't disagree with any of that. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, the rest of the family um, is uh, seems to be uh, of, of similar ilk there, or are they? Um, something interesting happened right there at the very end. Um, so, but let's uh, let's recap the rest of it. So you uh, ended up at the estate of Adri's family, um, and they don't seem to be, um, in, in kind of Porta Magnum terms, uh, you know, first circle people, but, but maybe like third circle, uh, fourth circle. Um, they seem to be merchants um, and uh, seem to be doing fairly well. Um, they sound more second to me then. Like they're not first circle, but like they have a big house. They have room to store people under said big house. Mm-hmm. They have enough servants they can kill off some of them if they make them angry. They're not that low down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe third circle because yeah, fourth circle in in Porta Magnum is uh, is the merchant class and the the craftsman class, whereas uh, yeah, third and above is all of the the business leaders and and the the wealthy folks. So, but anyways, uh, so they had a nice little estate, um, although not nearly as grand as what you saw. You saw that here in Kaharst, there's thirteen hills. Um, in this several mile wide cavern that the uh, the uh, city of Kars is located in, and those apparently are the uh, household compounds of the thirteen priestesses of Lolth. And uh, any anyone in those family, they have their family compound there, and so they they literally sit above the rest of the drow. And um, you guys had a pleasant dinner with them, including the floor show of one of the. Uh, servants being poisoned by a spider for breaking a bottle of wine. So, um, although gotta say, wine's probably pretty expensive down here because they have to get it from the the upper world. So, anyways, um, there we are. And then at the very end of the episode, Adri, you had actually had a visit from your sister, and that was kind of surprising, wasn't it? Yeah, I uh, learned that she had converted uh, to the Church of Sylvanus. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so no longer part of the demon queen, but a neutral nature god. Yep. So, uh, and, and more importantly, a surface god. So uh, she said your, your leaving had opened her eyes, uh, although she didn't really go into it too much more than that. Um, so anyways, so there we are. Um, at, at the end of the episode, the... Uh, just before you went to bed there, Adri, uh, your sister had told you that uh, your, unfortunately, your brother, Nakar, I, I said Nara, that's your mother's name, Nakar um, had uh, disappeared on a raid against uh, the Illithids, and um, apparently no one was doing anything about it, and she was all worried, and so uh, she wanted you to, to go and see what you could do, something about that, and told you that uh, tomorrow night is going to be a dress ball at the 13th household, the one that apparently, apparently holds the phylactery. 
Faris had uh, dropped it in your lap that a magical box had appeared in the possession of people, and whoever holds that box seems to, this is, you know, everyone feels that it's uh, Lolf's favor that someone should have such a powerful item. So whoever holds that box apparently gets to be the high priestess. And so uh, they uh, he had dropped that one on your your lap. And I remember everyone going, oh, when that happened. So you guys do know where the phylactery is, but um, not how to get it. Um, and uh, apparently there's going to be a dress ball at uh, that place tomorrow night. And your sister was saying she might be able to spring the whole lot of you so you could go find a car at the same time. So so that's where we left it. All right. So if this phylactery, if it's a real phylactery, that's a different thing. If it's a fake one, how come it's bestowing all these powers on these on these folks? Yet when we're hauling it around for a month, we don't get one ounce of, of juice to help our cause. It might be symbolic power. I mean, there's a lot of things that people say bestow power, like a crown, for example, that isn't inherently magical, but is symbolically so. Yeah, like we said, uh, it does seem to be that they view this as a sign of Lolth's approval. And so whoever is holding this apparently is the one that, uh, that Lolth is favoring, so she gets to be the priestess. Or, as you guys have noticed, while you've had the... Um, phylactery in your possession that it has weighed upon you and uh, you've found yourself um, becoming kind of short-tempered and um, it's kind of caused things you know powers things to to surge out of control so so maybe there's something there and maybe you just have to be holy and terribly evil to access that power so it's kind of unclear so where are we picking starting off then? Well, um, we're everyone's back locked in their rooms. Um, Adri had just uh, finished talking with her sister. And uh, she's settling off to sleep. And of course, the, uh, the lads are all down in their comfortable servants' quarters downstairs, locked in there as well. Um, in the surface world, we'd call that a jail. But in uh, drown uh, nomenclature, that's just servants' quarters. And um, everyone's, you know... Knocking off to sleep there. Are we the only ones still in the bit in the room? Well, you guys, you guys have your own quarters to yourself. If you remember, it was designed to hold That's about six what I people. Mean. Yeah, and there, but there's just the four of you. I mean, the door is you know just a grate. It's not like you have any privacy. There, if anybody's outside, they could hear you talking. But you know the the guards just go by from time to time, so it's not like they've got guards posted right outside your door. I just kind of want to test. Um... See if I can cast a uh, sacred flame at the wall. I just want to see if it goes off. Okay. Does that require any components of any sort? Uh, no, I think it's all verbal, but I'll let me verify real quick. Yeah, let's take a quick look there. Because uh, yeah, also, I think a lot of your holy spells do work that way. In the day prior, would it have been um, plausible that uh, we we would have been able to heal up fully? Yes, you you've had well, you've had a long rest, so um, any. You guys could roll a couple of hit dice um, in the morning there. But obviously you don't have access to uh, to any healing potions or anything like that. Although I think uh, you guys were saying that your healing spells don't require components, so you could do yeah. those. My spells at least don't require a component. Verbal somatic, so it doesn't require a material. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, now, the the one thing that does occur to you that is, you know, is a sacred flame, so it would cause quite a bright flash, and that might uh, attract attention if you uh, if you were to do that. Especially here, where everything is dark. Well, do it underneath, uh, like some actually, yeah, blankets or something. By the way, I was um... yeah. If you just want to see if you can cast a spell, you might see if uh, you could uh, use one of your healing spells on anybody who's damaged. By the way, I was looking through the um, abilities list, and for Divine Smite, mm -hmm. it is when you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack, then if you go to the um, items, or specifically the weapons area, mm -hmm. um, under simple weapons is unarmed strike. So if I punch yeah. something, does that count as a That's melee? a melee weapon attack. Yeah. Okay, so I can just like divine smite the door if I punch it hard enough. Theoretically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to know. Thank you. Okay, and uh, so uh, Drew, what did you uh, what did Craval want to do well, there? Uh, is, well, how bad how banged up is uh, our resident sorcerer and our resident paladin? I'm at full. I'm down twelve. Okay, so I'll try just to cure wounds on him at level one to see if it goes off. Okay, and um, and do you does uh, do you have your holy uh? Holy symbol with you. That's your glaive, right? It doesn't say it is a holy symbol. Holy symbol yeah. is a replacement for material components, okay. as long as they don't cost there's, money. There's no ver material point. It's a verbal. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I'm going to say that, yeah, you, you're able to pray uh, effectively enough that, uh, yeah, your healing spells do, do take place, and uh, you are able to cast that spell there upon Arlen. Arlen, you get seven points back. Okay, I'm down five. Sounds real good. Well, you can uh, roll a couple of hit dice before you go to bed. If you I can just luck. lay on hands. Five. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a good idea. So yeah, heal five hit points. Sounds good. Did you just say lay on hands smite? That's I mean, what I heard. I said you, lay on you hand. gain five points of of healing, but I do eighteen points of radiant damage <laughs> at the same time. Let's what see. What are you doing here? He, he just punches him real hard and and says, uh, you know. Down. Uh, Laren hands five yeah. hit points. He says, Dynek compels you to heal. Bam. Heal, gosh darn it. <laughs> yes, you, you managed to take uh, 24 points of uh, radiant damage in return for your five points of healing. There you go. Dynek finds you unworthy. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, anyway, so uh, you heal back up there and... and um, is uh, no one damaged at all there, Matt? Nope, no one's good, except, you know, feeling a, a little less hale because my ion stone is gone, but mm -hmm. there we are. Very good. Um, anyways, as you're uh, knocking off to sleep there, um, Arlen, um, you get a familiar sensation as if somebody is watching you. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I have no idea what to do. I'm just gonna, because I don't have any paper to write on or anything. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you do feel the the familiar sensation of Galchabar trying to contact you. Do you have any cantrips you can use to like write letters and fire in the air or something like that? 
Not to sound too gross, you could always prick your finger and write on the ground or wall. Prick with what? Exactly. Sharp, um, bite your finger? I don't know. Yeah. One of one of uh, one of Craval's fangs. Oh, yeah. I don't know. No one do tieflings have fangs? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he has a horn. Yeah. I mean, I have sharp teeth. I wouldn't say I have like Dracula fangs. I mean, come on. Can I, can I uh, cast alter self or, or um, disguise self and have myself wear a graphic T-shirt? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. I don't know, man. That's a pretty brilliant idea, though. You have to invent those before you can wear one. Sorry, an embroidered t-shirt? Well, he invented the tortilla, so, I mean, <laughs> it's not without uh, precedence. But but no, yeah, you. I don't think you could uh, get it to, you know, have Eda Joe's written on it. Well, I mean, you could have it just say Loth Rocks or something like that. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. I, I don't think I can really do anything. I'll just keep it in the back of my mind to contact him as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. He, um, he, he just gets your answering machine. It's like, hi there, uh, this is Arlen. Unfortunately, I'm stuck in a uh, dystopian uh, uh, nightmare, but as soon as I'm not, I'll give you a call back. Yeah, I'll just like wave to the air and just shrug my shoulders. You, you should try weeping because you're well practiced at that. Thanks, Matt. Sounds good. I have um, an idea. Not, not to add to our troubles, but I got another s- message from my sister, and it sounds like I need to be back in the Dragonborn Mountains within the week. Oh. Because the Red Dragons are making another power play. Uh, all right. Well, let's clean up these these Dark Elves and then go uh, wipe up the floor with some Red Dragons. You know, it sounds so easy when you say it like that. Low chance of success, certainty of death. What are we waiting for? The the timing of all of this is very suspicious to me because, I mean, they've been kind of pushing the boundaries, but now they make their major push while we're currently down in the depths of the world. They are uh, kind of arrogant. And we, we've been gone for a while. We've only been gone for about two to two, half, three weeks at that for the mountains. Yeah, but in the under, I mean, in the underdark, like what, three days, four days? So exactly. So someone must be keeping tabs. I just got the message, so we have seven days from today. So yeah, that puts a little bit of uh, impetus on this. You've got a a week to get uh, sort sort of like with uh, um, Cotter getting married. You've got a week to figure this out and get back to uh, back to town. So so a wedding to ruin. A revolution to lead, a brother to save, and Gilder to frame for it. And we're swamped. So speaking well, of... Well, we don't have our health. We don't have anything. Yeah, speaking of getting back, uh, Arlen, how is your... Have you learned anything about portals while we've been down here? The teleportation circles, I mean? Um, no. No? Shame. Those could be really useful to go home. Could indeed. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten a message from the acolytes up on the surface, and I haven't really suddenly come upon any dis- new discoveries. Hey, there might be a portal here. I mean, maybe that's how they get to the overland to like have trade for wine and stuff on a regular basis. 
Weird things have happened. Well, the fact that you guys, you know, everything that you've gone through uh, that actually had drow seemed about the size of a cart to go through. It seems like maybe they just have merchants, but who knows? Could be. So anyways, um, any other disturbing news you guys want to relate before you go to sleep? Okay. So everyone knocks off for the night and at least at least uh, locked into your rooms, you're kind of, um, you know, feel that you uh, at least can sleep safely and uh, get a good night's sleep. Um, and then, um, Cotter, as you are knocking off to sleep, um, you're just, remember how you got that weird sense of deja vu when you first entered Kaharst and you saw that the, uh, hills of the uh, 13 priestesses had like aqueducts leading to them for waterworks mm-hmm. and, uh, very similar to the way that, uh, Porta Magnum is, is, uh, supplied with its water via aqueducts and, um, you just kind of get a, a little more of that sense of deja vu as you're, as you're uh, thinking about it. Um, you know, because the comparisons between Porta Magnum and Karst, um, really kind of, you know, rumage around in your mind, like in Karst, there are 13 hills for the 13 priestesses of Lolth that control everything in Porta Magnum. There are 13 families that control everything in Porta Magnum. Really? Um, and obviously, everyone aspires to in Porta Magnum to marry up into the first circle and be one of those thirteen families. While everybody in Kaharst, at least the females, aspire to uh, become you know either via marriage or or other means to uh, join the thirteen families and become one of the thirteen priestesses of of Lolth. Um, and actually, one of the more interesting things that you couldn't help but notice uh, after after dinner is that. You would think that here in the drow society, where the females are in charge, that maybe that they might be more mannish, more butch. Um, but it seems like they have swung entirely the opposite direction. Um, they are even more feminine in their appearance. I mean, obviously, the um, clothing that they have with the long skirts and the bare midriff tops um, the long skirts obviously would fit in very well in both Porta Magnum, but um, the the women of Porta Magnum would be scandalized to show that much skin. Uh, but also, you notice that they wear an awful lot of jewelry. Um, that almost everybody has uh, all the women have at least waist length, uh, you know, pure white hair. Um, it's like they've doubled down on being feminine, uh, and maybe use that also as a, a method of being in charge there. And then, unfortunately, the thing that most uh, compares to Porta Magnum is you noticed um, a number of the servants in pretty ragged shape. And mm-hmm. obviously, the reason you left Porta Magnum to begin with and, and joined the monastery and, and become a, a servant of Dianect was uh, the uh, dark underbelly of Porta Magnum, where the the upper classes basically can, you know, at will beat and, and abuse the people of lower classes. And uh, it seems a similar sort of thing here, but even maybe even more stark detail. I did notice that, yes. So anyways, those, that's sort of things that are rummaging around in your mind as, as you knock off to sleep there. Anyway, um, next morning you wake up and uh, Adri, um, you are escorted down to breakfast. And your family is there, and this is not a big affair like it was the um, previous night. It's just uh, just breakfast going on. 
uh, but it's you know you're sent down there and, and you're all in the same places there although obviously your companions apparently are still in their room and and yeah and breakfast and lunch for you guys basically is is uh, shoved under the door um, on trays although like we said the food is fantastic but um, Adri's there you're there with your your family and your older uh, older sister Crinia is uh, sitting there and she has your hamster on the table in front of her and as you come in she says ah Adri so good to see you isn't this wonderful our pets have become friends and sitting next to Smedric is a you know fist-sized spider and it's just kind of um, sidling along from one way to the other to the other. And you've been around spiders your whole life and you know exactly what this is. It's, it's in a hunting stance. And as, you know, just I want to see her spider just crumble when it bites into pure metal. Well, and, and what happens is, you know, you see it gather its legs and spring and just before it lands on the, on, on Smedric, obviously the, uh, the, uh, collar activates and the you know metal cocoon you know jets out and covers it and the spider lands on it and you can see it trying to sink its fangs into uh into the uh the cocoon the metal cocoon and then after a while it backs off and the the uh, collar goes back to normal and you know, poor little smedrick though smedrick has no fear well it i wish i could say it was a case but smedrick is sitting there and you can just see the whites of his eyes um, he is, he is that alarmed. And well, I want to go over and scoop him up because I haven't seen him since I've been here. Yeah. And, and when you do that, she's like, oh, don't do that. Come on. They've been playing for an hour now. I'm just going to act like she's not there. And uh, the, uh, the spider does seem to be a little um, disgruntled that his playmate just went away. Um, either playmate or food. It's not really clear exactly. But uh, anyways, oh, well, she says that was a lot of fun. And uh, you settle down. For... Any word of Drax? Um, you guys haven't heard anything about the rest of your pets. I'll, I'll ask sort of casually then. Well, if you've got my hamster, what about the other pets of my companions? And she's, oh, they're somewhere. I don't know. The servants took them somewhere when you came in, but they're being cared for, I'm sure. Let's certainly hope so. Very good. Um, and uh, so, so while it, quick, how, how fast does a velociraptor grow? Because I'm sure Drax is a little bit bigger now. Uh, actually, and that's one of the funny things. Um, he, he never seemed to grow. Uh, he started out about the size of a turkey and he's, you know, here we are a couple months later. He's still the same size of a turkey. You got a tiny dinosaur. A turkaraptor. Yeah. Okay. A tiny dinny. You thought it would grow to be the size of a truck but it's still tiny. Would that make it a dino nugget? Tastes like chicken. That would be a dino tender, let's be clear. I'll give that to you. Very good. So um, while you're eating breakfast there, uh, Varus comes in and uh, sits next to you, Adri. And, uh, and when he settles himself, your mother turns to you and says, well, Adri, it's time for us to discuss the nuptials. Uh, obviously, we were all delighted to hear uh, the announcement last night that uh, you and Varus had come to arrangements. Um, and this is just fantastic. Um, seriously, we didn't think that you'd ever be married. I, and obviously, 
that's all my fault, she says, you know, putting her hand on her breast. Um, you got my eyes and, and my hair. Um, and, uh, and while I love you even more because of that, it's uh, still tragic that you can't really enter society the way you should here. And uh, so Boris has done us a great service in agreeing to marry you. Uh, this is uh, happiness all around. But we must set a date. Um, Varus had said that he thought that next Monday would be just fine in seven days. Um, and does that work for you as well? I can make that work. Very good. Okay, we will shall start preparations. Um, did you want a big wedding? Obviously, uh, we have uh, three other sisters to, uh, to uh, deal weddings for, although Crinia obviously is already married, and she smiles at her, uh, her oldest daughter. Um, but uh, we certainly would not want to skimp on uh, any arrangements. As much of a party as possible. That's wonderful. And she just huge grin turns to your father, says, I told you she's a, a chip off the old block here. And uh, your father just kind of pats her on the hand, and says, yes, yes. The uh, lot of you will, will empty my coffers sooner or later. Are we there? No, you guys are stuck in your cell. Although he did get a very nice breakfast. Just out of curiosity, because I know we were at dinner last night um, and I, my memory is shoddy. We got a good look at Adri's mother and Adri's father, right? Exactly. Yeah, they were at the high table. And Who's not the dark elf? The mother is my uh, mother's human. Yeah. She, she, gotcha. uh, yeah, she has the blue eyes and the, and the platinum blonde hair that, uh, that uh, Adri inherited. Um, and actually, it, it, it is a puzzle to you guys. It's like since the um, women are in charge here in the Underdark, why would Adri's father marry a surface dweller? Um, were his prospects that bad? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's got quite a bit of money. I mean, obviously, she didn't bring a bunch of money down with her unless you know she came with some sort of a dowry. So why would he end up marrying someone who would technically below his station? I mean, you would think he would want to marry... Uh, you, you know, use his wealth to marry someone in a higher family and move up that way, sort of like they do in, in Porta Magnum. But uh, for some reason, oh. he's uh, married a, a surface woman. Perhaps she's not all that she seems to be, or perhaps she's more. That is a possibility. She's actually the succubus. Ah. <laughs> well, that would be an interesting plot twist if that was the case. Very good. And um, your mother turns to you, Adrian, and says, well, we have an additional bit of good news for you. Um, not only, obviously, do we have the nuptials planned now, but we have all been invited to a dress ball at the 13th household. Uh, the high, high priestess has invited everybody to come. Um, and, well, anyone who's anyone, I should say. Uh, and uh, your... Uh, our whole family has been invited. So you will be expected along with Varus to uh, join us there. And um, obviously if you uh, wish to uh, wish to uh, bring your accoutrement with you, your entourage, you can bring those with you as well. I'm sure that would only bring you up in, uh, in uh, the status of the folks here that you've returned from the overworld with a bunch of slaves at your heels. That'd be fantastic. I appreciate the permission. Very good. Well, then we will expect you and Varus with us. Um, and I believe, uh, 
Faris uh, had some interesting plans himself uh, for this occasion. And uh, Varus, you know, just kind of, you know, chuckles and, and nods and says, uh, yes, Adri, uh, we must talk of this uh, once breakfast is done. This may be our big chance to uh, to make our power play. Um, I uh, will await our meeting then. Very, very good. Okay. And so breakfast uh, goes by uh, for the rest of it uneventfully. And... Um, Anything anybody wants to do uh, while we're waiting for uh, breakfast to be done? Well, I'm eating my gruel, so, you know, I'll just wait for that to be done. Well, like we said, down here, it seems to be mostly meat-based dishes and sauces, so uh, it's pretty pretty fantastic stuff. Uh, um, although, as we said, you're not really sure where the meat's coming from, but uh, at least it's tasty. Um, I just want to say that I'm, I'm pretty sure Galchabar tried to contact me tonight, last night, but um, obviously I don't have the bowl, so I wasn't able to respond, so hopefully everything's going well up there. Well, certainly he would have seen your plight. Maybe he can send some aid. There was something... Like a certain ancient brass dragon or something like that. What did we ask Galchabar to do before we came down here? Because I remember it was something, but I can't remember quite what. I asked him to watch over Orlana and make sure she was reintegrated into society correctly. Yeah, and he did reply that he had uh, um, escorted her along with uh, Cotter's sisters to uh, drop her off at a family farm and, and all went well there. But yeah, he was also going to keep an eye on her, make sure she didn't like re-manifest her powers or explode or anything. Or explode, you know, that would be a nuisance. It's only happened twice before. Well, well, imagine if she did it right in the middle of the crops or something. That's a whole season gone to waste. I mean, the last time it happened, it happened in the middle of the family house and everyone died, if you remember. Yeah, with the... Yeah, she's, she doesn't have good luck with that. I know, this was the other sorcery person we found. Yeah, the, the little girl you found at, uh, out in the, the uh, Mare. Aina, yeah, she exploded her whole family home, but uh, yeah, the the second explosion actually uh, saved you guys from the giant mass of zombies. So that was, you know, Orlana's con contribution there. But uh, a but few yeah. moments early, that would have been our guts all over the battlefield. Yep. Um, actually, speaking of that, everybody that's not Adri that's down in the in the holding cell, roll for me wisdom again. Seventeen. Nineteen. Twenty-three. Okay. Um, and so last time, um, you know, when uh, Arlen's uh, tides went off prematurely, you know, just when you did a rest instead of falling asleep, you, you, you had noticed uh, Creval that uh, that had happened um, kind of out of sequence. Um, this time, now that you're talking about all that, it all occurs to you that, you know, Arlen's tides went off when you guys just stopped for a rest, not actually him going to sleep. Um, so all of a sudden that seems a little more sinister, you know, with the basis of the conversation that you were just having. Maybe we just stay up for the night and chit chat. I think we should just uh, have Arlen share sit with us about your mystery fireball from earlier. I don't know. It just, it just happened. I didn't do anything to trigger it. I just kind of sat down for a while. I think that we should just uh, have you do something that activates your Tides of Chaos and then have you fall asleep next to the door and just keep doing that until you blow up. 
Break or we do it at you know a family down. dinner or something like that. Just have him at fall least asleep. make it useful. And then he can fall asleep in the pie, and it'll be really funny. And then it'll blow us all up. I don't like this plan. Eh, it was a plan. Real good, but uh, yeah, it does uh, does seem to be something more to worry about here. Okay, good. Anything else we're doing? Waiting, I think. Okay, very good. Okay, so Adri, um, breakfast is done, and um, everybody else leaves except you and Varus. Um, he uh, seems to be purposely hanging behind to talk to you. Well, I'll ask him, uh, so what did you want to talk about? And he says, well, um, like we said, uh, there's a dress ball going on. And um, obviously my uh, number one uh, anticipation there for the dress ball is seeing you in all your finery at the uh, event. But uh, number two, right behind that would be, this is our chance to get into the 13th household's uh, walls and see if we can't get that box, whatever it is. Um, if we could get our hands on that, uh, we could name our own price for whichever family wishes to uh, acquire it. So you'll help me and my companions get the box? Well, um, we can certainly get you in the door that way. But uh, judging by the uh, fearsome nature of your companions, I bet uh, they should have no trouble in getting a hold of the box somehow or other. Um, obviously, uh, if they got caught, we would have to disavow any knowledge of them and and uh, and let them to their own fate. But uh, if they should be successful, this uh, would be an immensely wonderful gambit and very profitable, I must say. Where in the house is the box? Do you even know? Um, no, no, I don't. Uh, speculation? One would assume that such a valuable item would be somewhere in uh, undoubtedly the, the every one of the uh, priestesses household has their own altar to Lolth. So if I were a priestess of Lolth, that's where I would put it right in the altar area, or at least in the chapel area. Would that be something accessible to party guests or are we going to have to sneak? Oh, certainly not. It would require a lot of sneaking, but, uh, it seems to be a skill that your group is uh, proficient in, or else they wouldn't have gotten this deep into the Underdark without uh, being detected. It, it wasn't the group. It was me. Well, um, that does change things a bit now, doesn't it? Um, then you're going to have to cover for me, too, because there is no way, I promise you, that they're going to be able to get in without detection, without me there. Roll me a persuasion check there. What'd you get? Does she get advantage on that roll because she's the betrothed? Actually, she probably would get advantage because it is true. That's good. 13? Okay, what was the first roll, by the way, just for giggles? It was seven. Okay. It wasn't It wasn't super bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, uh, yeah you definitely were not using your feminine wiles on him. Uh, but uh, the, uh, yeah, 13, 13 seems to convince him that uh, that's the case. And he, and he kind of pulls at his lower lip and says, well, it will be more difficult to have to figure out how to explain your absence, but uh, I think we can do it. And and tell you the truth, uh, obviously, even though your uh, parents are more than happy to have you along, um, I'm sure that no one would uh, 
ask why a uh, half drow was uh, quickly hidden away again. So uh, that uh, shouldn't be too difficult to explain. So um, very good. Well, um, that sounds like a wonderful time. Um, so uh, why don't you uh, spend a little time with your sisters figuring out what you're going to wear. Obviously, you'll want it to be something spectacular, the 13th household. And then I have an even bigger surprise. Uh, this afternoon, right after the midday meal, uh, we're going to go down to the fighting pits and watch the gladiator games. That sounds fun. Oh, I knew you'd say so. Very good. Well, I will uh, I will leave you to your devices. Um, I'm sure your sisters are waiting to talk uh, outfits. Okay, good. So um, Varus gets up and, and leaves. Um, and what are you going to do, Adri? What, what time was the gladiatorial stuff happening? Right after lunch. And uh, did I have a time that I got to see the rest of the party? You haven't yet, but you're there by yourself in the uh, in the uh, eating chamber. Well, at this point, am I allowed to go see them or? No, you're there by yourself. So, but I mean, like, are they somewhere that I wasn't allowed to go see them? Um, well, now I am. you basically just haven't been allowed out of your room. This is the first time you've been, you know, allowed to have kind of free reign of the uh of the oh, household. Good. They trust me a little bit. Um, um, e either that or just the fact that you're supposed to report to your sisters would be very strange if you were gone for any length of time. So they may, uh, they may feel that you're boxed in. I don't know. Then I guess, I mean, if they're expecting me, I guess I'll just go to my sisters then. Okay. So you exit the um, eating room there, yeah, the dining room. And yeah, as soon as you're out the door, Right beside the door is your youngest sister, um, Karanti. And she, and she just kind of grabs your hand uh, as you come through the door and, and says, Adri, what are we going to do? Um, you are going to try to find a car tonight. Um, what are we going to do now? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Um, Varys is going to try to make a distraction so that me and my friends can steal the box that's in the 13th house. Perhaps we can also escape from there. And she says, yes, that, that seems like it, it must be the, the proper way to go. Um, well, the trouble is they're certainly going to give your companions their fighting gear. Um, if they want them to, uh, raid the, the establishment. Uh, but, They'll never give them the traveling gear. But perhaps what we could do is, I have not been invited to the to the uh, dress ball. Um, I'm too young to go. But perhaps I will steal their gear from the storage room and I will meet you someplace? It's been a long time since I've been here. Where would you think would be the safest? Um, there's always a crowd outside the 13th uh um, household when there's a uh, event happening, um, I will just uh, blend in there. Um, there's a large statue of Lolth outside in the uh, little rotunda area, um, and I will just be south of that. If anything, if you can get their bags of holding, try to get as much stuff inside of them as possible. It won't be that suspicious if they get bags on their bodies. Yes, I could carry those. 
And so we'll meet from there. We'll inf infiltrate as a party. Me and me and my companions will steal the box. And from there, we're going to try to escape and find our brother. Yes, that sounds good. Um, and she quickly gives you a hug and says, I knew I could depend on you, Adri. And then she, what about getting you out? Well, let us talk about that after we get the gear to you. Um, there's more that you need to know. Okay. And um, she, uh, then she just kind of grabs you by the arm and says, but quickly, let's, let's see, uh, go in and uh, visit our other sisters. Um, I'm sure you'll want to talk about what you're going to wear tonight. Of course, that's the only thing that's ever on my mind as a girl. <laughs> so, well, it is an important occasion, so uh, we do want to impress. And obviously she's correct in that, you know, um, this is rather like being asked to go to the Oscars or a uh, official, um, you know, inauguration or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, your your uh, um, fashion will be as important as your presence there. So and the she, dress is from Demogorgon and I have a lovely Glabrazoo <laughs> jewelry on some to go with that. I yes, mean. only the finest. Um, and actually, she drags you off to uh, your uh, other two sisters, who actually have a whole slew of various gowns that are out. And um, they uh, are of every shade of, well, pretty much dark colors, but every shade of color there is. And you're 100% sure that this is fabric from the surface world that these have been made with. So um, obviously, they'd be very expensive um, and I'm sure that, uh, you are able to pick out one that, uh, goes very well with the occasion. And of course, you know, being the drow, there's a lot of spider accents on everything. I want to get some pants to wear under whatever dress or skirt there is so that I can, you know, kick things. Sounds good. Well, obviously, um, there would be, uh, a little suspicious if you requested that in your other sister's presence, but um, you're. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna like say that in front of yeah. them, but I'll, uh, I would like <laughs> I to do that. Kick things, so give me some pants. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, Karanti obviously will uh, be more than happy to uh, uh, get uh, get your uh, regular monkish gear together, and uh, then you'll just have to be able to carry that somehow or other uh, with you as as you go. So. Okay. For some reason, this is giving me like the same visuals as the Sing Sweet Nightingale scene from Cinderella with the Wicked Stepsisters. They're like framing, like going around and doing whatever with their dresses, and you're just kind of like uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and that might have the been fairy the fairy god demon queen will come and dress you appropriately. <laughs> it's our fairy spider mother. Very good. We have to get out before midnight. So you you've uh, bar barely get any uh, barely get done with that when it's time for the midday meal, and uh, it's off to the uh, gladiatorial games. And there are several different col coliseum in Kaharst, as one might imagine. Um, and um, you are actually shown to some very nice box seats. So. This uh, your family apparently is doing even better than they had been doing before, uh, and uh, it's a good view of the Coliseum floor. 
And unfortunately, it's pretty much the stuff that you're used to seeing. Uh, they open up with uh, several executions of um, criminals, uh, criminals in quotation marks, you know, most, most of the criminal behavior being servants that have uh, failed in their duties and things like that. And uh, the yes, crime is a social construct. Yes. And uh, the uh, execution is done um, pretty much the way it's always done. The person is uh, you know, left bound in the center of the Colosseum and a gate opens up and a spider the size of a Volkswagen comes out. And, uh, you know, there's a, a short scream as it buries its fangs in there. Then it uh, wraps the uh, person up there in uh, silken webs and drags them back into the uh, depths of the Colosseum. Um, and then they, uh, they actually do have a, uh, a gladiatorial battle between a couple of uh, different foes. Um, and actually, Adri, when the gladiators comes out, your heart skips a beat. Because the first one that comes out onto the sand is a bronze dragonborn. And you well? are panicked for a moment. And, but then after a moment, you realize that it's not Creval. Um, there are far, far too oh. few scars on it, but for a moment there, you were wondering if, uh, in trip typical drowish fashion that your family had betrayed you and taken one of your, uh, companions to the gladiator games. But, uh, it's still a little disturbing that a, uh, bronze dragonborn had been, uh, captured and brought down here. Is, is the rest of my party in attendance or were they not allowed to come to this? It was just you. It was just the family. You know, the, these highfalutin uh, entertainment would probably be wasted on the surface dwellers. You all get to just awkwardly huddle underneath the, yeah, the castle for yeah, hours. They're, yeah, they're still in their room. Yep, just sort of stuck there. You know, they're 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 down in the basement making license plates mm -hmm. and and uh, inventing nonsense languages. Yeah, we're in a dungeon with a shared chamber pot. You're having fancy meals and going out to parties. You know, hey. It's not so bad in the Underdark for some, I see. Very kind of good. helps to, like, you know, be one of the people who, like, are from the Underdark. Helps. Yeah. Wait till we get to my Underdark. I'm just going to die. <laughs> no, that's what happens well, before. Die. Very good. Well, after um, a good couple of solid hours of carnage, uh, the uh, show is over. And question i know i'm not there but uh did the drow like do the gladiators fight and it's like only every so often a fight to the death or is everything fighting to the death oh it's everything's a fight to the death exciting yeah two go in one walks out so um anyway um so after uh, a good couple hours of bloodletting um you uh you know everyone heads back to the house um and uh, as you come in the door Varus says to you it's like I think you should probably brief your uh, companions on tomorrow's uh, dress ball, um, you, or tonight's dress ball. You should let them know what's going to go on. When would be a good time to do that? Oh, I think you should go down now real quick. And uh, he turns to okay. um, the family, and he kind of uh, uh, eyes fall on um, Karanti, and he says, Oh, um would you be kind enough to escort your sister down below? And of course she's all me only too happy. All right. Well, to avoid repeating myself, what you guys as players already know, that's what the plan is. <laughs> Are you able to get 
do you know where our gear is right now? Actually, why don't, why don't we just uh, play this out here really quick? So um, you guys are down there cooling your heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been pretty much stuck in the, the room all day. And uh, after a little while, um, Adri appears uh, with her younger sister. And uh, they uh, seem to have a message for you. So We are all going to the party tonight. The phylactery, whether it's the real one or not, is in a worship room in the castle. Um, before we go in, my sister here will have all of the rest of your travel gear in your bags of holding. We will go in together, infiltrate, take the box, and escape. And hopefully it will work. And when we escape, where are we escaping to? We need to find my brother, first of all. So we'll try to track him, I suppose. And once we find him, maybe he'll have other information for us. But that's the plan as it is now. Um, I can probably cast seeming on us um, when we're out to just like completely like keep us completely hidden in the big crowd. Yes, once... Yeah, and once we leave, that will be helpful as well. Perhaps you could ask a boon of your fiancé saying that you would dearly wish your brother at the wedding, and perhaps he would send an escort with us to go retrieve your brother within seven days. That could work. And, of course, the escort just wouldn't make it out alive. I don't feel good about that. Adrian, we have a problem. I can't be here in a week. I think that's the plan because it didn't Is seem it? like she wanted to get married that much. Are you saying you bought us a week? Or are you planning on going through with your wedding? I was buying time. I'm not planning to at all. <laughs> or I, if I have to, it will be only a name. If I have my druthers, there won't be a wedding for there will be no groom. Ooh. To be honest, I don't know that my family especially uh, cares about Varus. So, I mean, and if an accident happened, it would be unfortunate. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting, Adri, um, why they think Varus would be a good match for you. Um, as you've seen, he's not really differential to females. And uh, so, he, yeah, not exactly the prototypical drow groom so it's kind of interesting that the they uh chose him for you my understanding was that it was i had no other choice so you know this is the the, the last ditch effort to see me wedded also because he's crazy uh, it could be could be any one of those but yeah um anyway um uh, so everybody's got the plan now the Broad it's it's a working plan. Sounds good. What do they have you doing since you've been gone all day? Uh, I mean, there was some dress up and some gladiatorial combat, but you know that's not terribly interesting. Are we gonna be part of the gladiatorial combats? Probably not. <laughs> that's very reassuring. Are you sure? Because how often do they see? I point at no one. Someone like him, I point out myself, someone like me here. Well, for the time being, you're under my protection. So as long as I'm in good graces, you all should be. So as long as you guys are under the protection of a disgraced half-drow, 
Everything's fine. Who's planning to raid the most powerful person in the city and then run away. What could possibly go wrong? It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. You're I just good. don't, I don't, well, I don't mind going into Gladiator Pits. I feel confident in my own skills. I don't want to see any of us get put there. Are we very sure? Are you sure? I have a strong feeling that that won't happen. So. You have no reason to trust this individual at all. You realize that, right? Wait, are you talking about Varus or the dungeon master? It's okay. We're planning. Yes. We're we're planning to double cross, so he might as well. Who knows? I mean, I don't trust my fiance in the slightest, but I know that he needs me in order to further his plots. So if I'm not happy with him, then he doesn't get anything going for him. So. So romantic. I'm in the gladiator. We can't put, you know, I'm, I'm happy to let no one do it, but can we get him into the gladiator pits with us? That'd be great. There's no gladiatory pits happening. There's, there's no, it's not happening. We're going to a party. Not, not the, not the Coliseum. Call it a pre-wedding gift to you from us. Just beat the hell out of your groom. Till he stops breathing. That's reserved for criminals. So let's try not to get caught. Very good. Okay. Well, on that note, um, everybody clear on the plan for uh, this evening? Think so. Okay. Good. I think so. So, um, Adri, I guess you'll retire upstairs to go uh, get ready and try to figure out how to get your monkish robes underneath your uh, dress for the evening. And the rest of you uh, will, uh, I guess, be issued your gear so that you can uh, help with the infiltration. And uh, you guys will take off for the party. And that's where we're going to stop today. Okay, well, this is interesting. Uh, it seems that Adri has been dealing in some underhanded double dealings. She's outdrawing the drow, or at least uh, Varys, uh, playing along with the whole wedding thing, uh, although it seems that she has no intent on going through with it. So what's going to happen here? Um, obviously, the party has about a week to get out of here before Adri ends up having to marry Varys, and for that matter... Uh, the uh, Red Dragons take over the clans of the Dragonborn. So got a couple of things going on. And what's happening with Arlen and his wild magic going off all the time? Uh, seems like we got multiple things going on here. Very interesting indeed. So uh, what's going to happen in the next episode? The party gets half of their gear back, but not all of it. Can they sneak in and get the phylactery and uh, purloin it out from under the nose of the drow? Or will they just simply get caught and killed uh, doing the whole thing? We'll just have to see. But for that, we'll have to wait for the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives 
inside my head.